Hey everyone, welcome to your Pastor Reads Books. I'm your host, Heather Weber. Your Pastor Reads Books is a show where you'll hear pastors from different backgrounds discuss their love of reading and the books that are shaping them to be wholehearted followers of Jesus and better givers of spiritual care to others. This season, my guests are reading history, fiction, memoir, theology, and children's books. This means you might get some good book recommendations in a genre you love, but in addition to that, I think you'll be inspired by the unique stories of my guests, not just the stories of how they became passionate readers, but their life stories and areas of expertise and passion that make them who they are in the body of Christ. Today, my guest is Rod Loy, the lead pastor at First NLR in North Little Rock, Arkansas. He's also the vice president of Project Rescue, an organization dedicated to rescuing and restoring victims of sexual exploitation. And he's the author of four books, including Three Questions, After the Honeymoon, Immediate Obedience, and Help, I'm in Charge. Today, our conversation is inspired by the book that's been loved by over 3 million readers, Robert McGee's The Search for Significance, Seeing Your True Worth Through God's Eyes. Whether you're a church leader or not, I think you'll appreciate Rod's frankness about the temptations so many of us face to find our value through our own accomplishments. He's such a father figure in the faith, and encouragement drips on every word he shares. You won't see it, but Rod and I both had tears in our eyes at the end of this interview. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Well, Pastor Rod, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Heather. My uh, my honor. Always good to spend time with you and talk to you. Thank you. So before we get to the subject of books, um, I just want to highlight a really unique ministry context that you have the privilege to serve in. And it's uh, it's with Project Rescue, uh, which is an organization dedicated to rescuing and restoring victims of sexual exploitation. And over the years, I've heard you speak on behalf of Project Rescue in your role as vice president. But um, I, I wonder for those of you, for those who are listening, who are not familiar with Project Rescue, um, what is the power of Project Rescue? What have you seen um, happen through this organization that keeps you advocating and promoting um, through your work and through your role as vice president over the years? I'll never forget sitting in a McDonald's overseas with a girl about 20, 22 years old, pastor's daughter, who was tricked, thought she was going to work in a in a large resort, and instead found herself held hostage and trafficked. And then uh, when she tried to return home, the people in her her own dad's church wouldn't receive her because she'd been trafficked. And I'll never forget her looking across the table at me and saying, would I be welcome in your church? Mm. And uh, my response was, not only are you welcome in my church, you're welcome in my life. Mm. We love you. And I could, I could tell stories, Heather, for hours about individuals. You know, sometimes when it comes to things like human trafficking, the, the big numbers are staggering. And you look at how many people are caught and how, how many people worldwide, and I can do all those numbers. Uh, but as long as you can keep it relegated to an issue, you can kind of avoid it. 
you can kind of throw a little bit of money at it, do feel like you did something good. But when the issue becomes an individual, that's when it captures our hearts. And so for me, it's the individuals. It's the little girls in India who were sleeping under their mom's bed while she was forced to service customers. Mm. It's the, it's the ladies in Spain who were, who were rescued from the industrial district where they're forced to stand on the street and half naked and service, whatever customer comes. It's the, it's the girl that Cindy and I helped pay for her master's degree. She's now come all the way through our program from when she's a kid. She's now getting her master's degree in nursing. It's for us, it's individuals Hmm. and knowing that you can make a difference in the life of, of one person. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And I feel like you and Project Rescue are very, very good about in an honoring way and sometimes a confidential way, honoring the stories of individuals and and telling the stories of, of individuals. And I can say that that's been what's moved me the most to get involved or to have my church get involved as well, because it does take it from an issue to real people and real people's stories. Well, thank you. Thank you for your partnership and it matters. Thank you. Well, if people wanted to find out more or get involved, they can go to projectrescue.com. Is there any specific way that you would urge people to get involved um, based on some current needs with Project Rescue right now? Oh, you know, one of the best things you can do is have a rescue day at your church. If you email me at rod at projectrescue.com, I can give you more information of how you can do that. Um, currently, uh, we have we have needs. We're trying to build another school in a, a part of a country that I can't mention online, but it's a people group that have been uh, where they've sold their daughters into sexual slavery for 500 years. And we are building homes and schools and parents are giving us their children to live with us and for us to teach. And the only way out of their situation is education. It's, it's $3 a day to pay for a kid's health care, um, food, clothing, housing them. So $93 a month, $1,092 a year. Um, you know, we, everybody, even three bucks makes a difference. And so it's a, it's a project And it's an offering that uh, people want to give to. People want to make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Did you say, because I I don't know if we broke up for a second, but did you say for 500 years, this people group has been selling their daughters into slavery? 500 years. It's the point where if if you give birth to a daughter, your neighbors and your family members all come to celebrate because you're just nine to 11 years from income. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. So projectrescue.com or email Rod at projectrescue.com for more information about hosting a rescue day at your church, getting your church members involved in, in supporting the mission. 
Thank you so much. Um, I want to switch gears to talking about books and writing, but honestly, I, I think that the topic of your book has a lot to do with some of what you just shared about people's stories and their significance in God's eyes. Um, you are a writer um, and most writers are readers. I wonder what came first for you in your life. Was it the writing or was it the reading? How, how did you become who you are in that regard? Um, for me, it was definitely the reading. As a kid, I was uh, an introvert, a pretty painful introvert, where I would, uh, if I had to give a book report in front of a class, I would make myself sick and beg my mom not to send me to school. Uh, I was a misfit and, and a reject, and so endured a lot of challenging stuff and a lot of just bullying and everything like that at mm. school. And uh, so books were books were my friends. I I read a book a day. How <laughs> I would I would go to the library. They had to modify the rules on how many that you could that you could check out for me. And I literally read a book a day. So I have some of the most random knowledge of anyone you'll ever meet, and it's completely useless. <laughs> Never been on Jeopardy. Uh, I'm not even good at Trivial Pursuit because I don't watch movies or TV shows. Uh, I just love to read, so it's it's always always been me. What? Okay, so what is some random knowledge you have floating around in your brain right now? Quantum physics. Wow. I, for for some odd reason. I read a book that explained quantum physics, which I'm fairly stupid. So it's, you know, if, if they wouldn't give me just the basics, I never would have got it. And so I knew just enough about quantum physics. I found myself on an airplane about a year and a half later talking to someone who is a quantum physicist. Mm. And I knew just enough from the book to ask questions to engage and open up relationship. But if you ask me a question right now about quantum physics, all I can give you is the basic premise. And if you asked one deeper question, I'm dead. Okay. Well, you're in luck because I don't know enough to ask a question about that. So <laughs> we're safe. We're safe. Was that a book you read as a kid? Or is that a more recent one? Uh, no, I read that in the last 20 years. Okay. Okay. So as a kid, books for your friends. Are there some really good friends that you hold dear in books, like from childhood, anything that comes to mind? Oh, wow. I, you know, I read so many. I think back to, you know, and now I laugh. I think back to books like The Hardy Boys and mm -hmm. the, those some of those mysteries. And when I was done with The Hardy Boys, I didn't want to know what to read. So I went through all the Nancy Drew books. Um, I just, I, I love to read I love to read fiction. Uh, I love to, I love to read the Bible. <laughs> and mm. so just for me, um, I, I'm, I'm fairly indiscriminate when it comes to reading. I okay. love, I love to read people that disagree with me mm. because I already know what I think. And so I really don't need to read books to reinforce my current thinking. Mm. I got that. I already know what I think. And so I, I enjoy being challenged and reading. Mm. So I just sometimes get a little criticism because people want me to read, uh, you know, what I call dog whistle books, you know, that are just kind of 
supporting your own opinion and so you can get mad with other people at the same things you're already mad about. And I'd rather read the opposition. So I'm, I'm pretty eclectic. Interesting. You know, I had a guest last season who said he did the same thing and he said he always gained a nugget of something that gave him some understanding about other people. And I think, you know, I think he was also indicating there's a little more compassion that might come when you understand where people are coming from, even though they think differently. Do do you experience that too? Very much. When you meet, when you meet people who disagree with you, the, the first thing in sharing Jesus is to establish common ground. And so if you, I, I'm afraid too many times we expect them to come to our ground and make it common as opposed to us going to their ground and making it common. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I'll just, I'll know just enough or read just enough that, that I can connect with them on, on their place. And most of the time, if you will indicate knowledge of what other people care about, then they, they will be interested in what you care about. It's usually reciprocal, not always, but it's usually reciprocal. Yes. Yes. It's a, it's a way of being hospitable, isn't it? Right. Very much so. Yeah. Okay. So um, when you told me about the book that you wanted to talk about on the show, uh, you took me back to the early nineties when almost everyone in my church was reading this book or going through this book in small groups, but I never read it. Like I actually never did. I just heard everyone talking about it. So I'm eager to hear you talk about it. Can you introduce us to the book and and why you chose it, how it's impacted your life and contributed to your growth in following Christ? Well, the the backdrop of my life and knowing, knowing that I was uh, an introvert and a reject and picked on and made fun of, um, obviously, um, self-worth issues have always been uh, a frame for my life. Probably still are, if I'm just going to be real honest. Mm-hmm. It's probably probably still that. And so it can be it can be easy for me to really want your approval. And, and really, if you disapprove of me, to let that be an index on my worth. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's dangerous. And that's really dangerous um, in a leader. And it makes it susceptible to all kinds of all kinds of unhealthy uh, behaviors. And you know, I'm I'm where I don't think I'm different than other people. I think I'm just honest about it. And so I'm willing to talk about it because I am who I am. Uh, and that's I, I want to live my life in front of people. And so, search for significance um, became a book that was really key for me. It's a it's a book that talks about the lies of the enemy and and then God's answer to those lies. And so it deals with guilt and shame and blame uh, and the need for approval. And so for me, it was a, a key part of my journey for finding my worth um, in Jesus instead of finding my worth in other people's opinions. There's a guy, I think his name was Don Matsett. I think it, it just crossed my mind. He wrote a book and the title of it was self Christ esteem. Mm. And, and I'm not, I don't remember much about the book, but the cover and the title always stick with me. And Christ esteem is, is what I, I long for mm. rather than just my self worth. And so really 
one of my books, Three Questions, uh, is written out of that same grid. It's that that desire to always the treadmill of trying to gain other people's acceptance and other people's approval and trying to prove yourself. And man, I, I tell you what, Heather, if you if you knew me 15 years ago, you didn't like me. Because I knew all the right things to say. But inside, I was pretty kingdom competitive. And, you know, it it really mattered to me that you know how important I am. Hmm. And so the thank God the Lord's the Lord really helped me work my way through that. And where I I love you, but I'm not gonna find my worth and value uh based on whether you approve or disapprove of me. I'm 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 not gonna live on that super sl- slippery slope. Am I still prone to that tendency? Yeah. But the book helped me a lot and I've probably I've worked through it. I've given away, oh, over the years, probably 150 copies. I, wow. I I always keep a case and I've worked through it with, I don't know, you know, maybe 80, 100 people over the years. So for me, it's a significant book. Wow. Like, yes, like you're living, breathing this message, aren't you? Yeah. So you've been in ministry for a while, 15 years ago. Did like what brought you to that place where there was a shift or, and I don't, and I'm not asking you to share more personally than you want to. I don't, I don't mind sharing more intriguing story that you're telling. I don't mind sharing more personally. I, uh, I reached my goals Mm. and I, I always thought when I've achieved, when I've checked everything off this list, then, then I'll feel good about myself. Mm. And that'll do it. And I, I got there. I, I checked off my whole list. And when I checked off my whole list, it still didn't satisfy and it, it still felt empty. So that was the first moment. Mm. Second moment, I was walking in my sanctuary praying. And I'd been I'd been praying, Lord, I believe we're supposed to be a church of, and I'd I'd name the number. I think we're supposed to be a church of this size. The day we reached it, I started praying, oh, Lord, I think we're supposed to be a church. And I started praying for a number 500 bigger. And the day we reached that, I started praying again, Lord, I think we're supposed to be a church. And mm. I just, Lord stopped me and say, when are you ever going to be happy? And then the the third moment I was, I was preaching. This is my first opportunity to preach at a district council. What's in the Assemblies of God. I mm. was preaching at a district council. You've arrived like you're all that bag of chips. <laughs> And this particular district council, they were doing all kinds of stuff before I got to speak. And I was sitting down in the audience and my mind was wondering. And uh, I was I was thinking, boy, if I do good here, think about all the districts I'll be invited to. I mean, I went all the way with it. It was the Rod Boy World Tour. Mm. And then I just I just sensed the Lord whisper to my spirit. So that's it. That's what's going to make you happy. Hmm. So they were still doing their stuff, and I had my my moment with the Lord. And what I prayed was, Lord, help me just be faithful to my assignment. Hmm. And whatever the assignment you have for me, let me discharge that today faithfully in a way that's pleasing to you. And the, those three moments combined set me looking for, for an answer. 
and to find my to find where I place my value somewhere other than my accomplishments or recognition. Because Heather, you can accomplish all that, and at, at the end of it, you're still not happy. Mm. It helps so much to hear that message from somebody who has accomplished it, um, because it, it almost sounds like God allowed you to check off uh, the all those things on the list so that you would find out how the emptiness of that belief. Well, I'll give, I'll give you this. What do you think about it? And this is what I remind myself. Uh, I am not my assignment. Hmm. My assignment currently is to pastor first NLR and its campuses. That's my assignment. If my next assignment from the Lord is to pastor a church of 40 in a rural community mm. that's, that needs revitalization, mm. I will be no less meaningful to the Lord. I will have no less status in the kingdom. Mm. He won't view me different. The, I'll stand before him to, am I faithful to my assignment? Not what's the size of my assignment. And we really make mistake when we put people on pedestals because of their assignment or when we downgrade people because of the size of their assignment. It's, it's not what the size of your assignment is. It's are you faithful to where God put you? And that just, for me, that's freeing and and I, I and I hope that's freeing for for other people who struggle like me. I, I think, as you said, everybody struggles with this, and so it's just it's so good to hear you talking about it. Um, you know, and you lead a staff. I mean, you lead a large staff. How many campuses are there at First NLR? We have ten or eleven. Okay, yeah. So ten or eleven. So you're leading a staff, and and you're a pastor to this church. So how has this work God has done in you and uh, the topics covered in Search for Significance, how has that helped you pastor your staff? And and how has that shaped the way that you've led them to think about ministry? Uh, you know, I think the biggest difference for me is um, at this stage of ministry, I'm no longer thinking about spending my influence on myself. Mm. I want to spend my influence on others. And I want to raise up others and I want to, I want to use what influence I've gained. Uh, so I'm very involved uh, with the network for women ministers. In this yes. And uh, that's a, that's a tribe that I love being a part of and enjoy very much. I enjoy spending influence there. I enjoy spending influence with project rescue. I enjoy spending influence, um, on younger generations. Um, so for me, it's, can I teach my team to think legacy instead of accomplishment? Not what can I do, but what can I help others do? Not what I can accomplish, but what do the people behind me accomplish? Mm. What do I do? And the earlier you start thinking that way, the better the leader you are. Mm. Yeah, it's so powerful. Have you seen young leaders kind of enter into the same kind of like messed up mindset that a lot of us have that it's all about accomplishment? And how do you come alongside that person when you see that that's where they are? You know, how have you been able to address that? Maybe that wounded kid inside them who was bullied and feels like they need 
they need to have all the boxes checked. What do you do as a pastor when you see that? Well, all you got to do, Heather, is scroll your social media feed and see the people who are letting, sometimes in very subtle ways, letting you know their accomplishments, letting you know where they're speaking or what they did or what they accomplished. Mm-hmm. And and I don't, I'm not a guy that I'm going to do big, aggressive confrontation of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I instead, sometimes with the, with the guys and girls I coach and mentor, I'll just say, um, so really, um, that's, that's it. I mean, this, this is, say there's, you can, you can live for you. And now, I mean, we all live for Jesus, but you can promote yourself or you can promote him. And it's sometimes it's mutually exclusive. Um, there's this crazy verse of scripture that I don't think we really believe. And it's humble yourself. And he will lift you up. Mm. And so we, the humbling yourself, that puts a whole different spin on it. Mm. And that is that I need to actively make myself less instead of actively making myself more. And so, yeah, so pick up a vacuum. Um, spend some time in student ministry. Uh, stack chairs. Serve. Um, allow someone else to have the spotlight. Let it be someone else's moment. When it's not, there are plenty of people out there that will humble you, Heather. But scripture is humble yourself. And so you get to choose to do that. You get to learn to do that. Sometimes people just need to see that model and that it's okay not to trumpet your own accomplishments. Mm. It's okay to just rest. That's so powerful. I'm just, I'm taking it in. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, you talked about spending your influence and, you know, that's not a phrase maybe everybody's familiar with, but I, I see what you mean by it. Cause I've watched your life from afar and I've been involved in the network of women ministers. I'm, you know, involved in a volunteer level as one of the leaders in, in the nation, but I have, I have seen you, like some people might look at you and say, well, you don't have time to like be with the women who are trying to like fulfill their ministerial callings or, or trying to grow into what God's called them to do. Cause you're a pastor with, you know, 11 campuses and a big staff and all that. And you are someone who has been the example of, Hey, I'm actually going to like give my influence. I'm going to give my voice where maybe people feel like they don't have a voice like project rescue or, or women in ministry. Cause we know like even in our movement and the assemblies of God, there's a big gap between, you know, the number of credentialed women we have and the, the actual number who are say like leading churches, right. In our nation. And, and there's lots of reasons why that is, but I just want to say, I so appreciate that in you. And I see that in your life. So thank you for being that example to us. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Heather. I'm, I'm honored by that. And it's a, it really is a joy. I don't, I don't say that just, I think that's one of those little phrases that just kind of rolls off our, off our tongues. Um, but it, it really is uh, a joy. And I love the opportunity 
to invest and spend time with. And boy, like just with the women ministers, I've developed some rich relationships and friendships uh, with you and others like you, Nicole Schreiber, uh, Cynthia Dobbs, uh, Crystal Martin. Uh, there I go. I start naming names and I'm about to be in big trouble because I'm not going to name them all. But um, it's just there's there's rich relationships and there's uh, I gain too. I gain friendships and I I gain I gain joy. I love watching others succeed. The women you mentioned and so many more are just gems. So I'm glad. I'm glad that you've been part of that circle and that there's been like just a mutual um, love and, and honor and, and reception. So um, Pastor Ed, thank you so much for being here. Is there any last comments you'd want to make on this subject uh, from Search for Significance? You know what? Um, let me just leave you with this. The Lord is faithful. He's faithful. And there will be moments and junctions in life that you don't understand. And there will be times in this journey where you question yourself and you question his plan. He's faithful. He is. And when you don't understand, you can trust his hand. And he's been faithful to me. And he'll be faithful to you. He's faithful. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. It's my honor. Thanks for joining my conversation with Pastor Rod Loy on this episode of your Pastor Reads Books. You can follow Rod's ministry at www.firstnlr.com and check out the show notes for links to the websites and resources we mentioned. If you want to support the podcast in spirit or your bank account, you can subscribe to it at yprb.substack.com or give it a rating on your favorite podcast listening platform. Every review helps get the word out, giving us a chance to reach more listeners. Once again, I'm your host, Heather Weber. For more information about me, click around on my website at heatherweber.org. That's Weber with one B. And with that, I hope you pick up a great book today. 